0: And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com.
1: It's that time of year, everybody. You're probably looking for the most lightweight, packable, and reliable mobile hunting gear on the market. If you are, look no further than Latitude Outdoors. Latitude aids in any hunter that is looking to get into saddle hunting or mobile hunting in general or for the guy or gal that has already experienced. Latitude offers saddles, climbing methods, platforms, ropes, dump pouches, knee pads, and much more. Let Latitude steer you to unfamiliar places while being efficient and lightweight in the process. For more information, head on over to LatitudeOutdoors.com and save by using the code THEFALLPODCAST for 25% off your next purchase. New for 2023, Helix introduces its four-blade head, the FJ4. The FJ-4 broadhead takes the standard single bevel design blade that Helix is known for and adds two smaller bleeder blades that insert directly into the ferrule. Adding for an additional 15th-16th cutting diameter from the original Helix broadhead consisting of the following sizes. 2 one one sixteenth for 100 and 175 grain, 2-1-8th an for the 125 and 200 grain head, and 2-1-4 and for the 150 and 225 improve blood trails, and measure your recovery in seconds for the fall of 2023. Use the code FALLHX10 to save at helixbroadheads.com. Happy Friday, everybody. Today is April 28th, 2023, another Feel Good Friday episode. And uh, like last week, we did a breakdown for our archery setups last week, but this week we are doing... Our clothing setups, Uh, you know, and we're going to break it down as far as like, you know, socks, gloves, neck gaiters, the hats we wear early season, mid season and late season. And I do want to reiterate, basically, as I'm looking at my list, everything in here for me anyway, like we have no affiliation with these people like these companies, nothing. These are just things that we have accumulated over the years. Like I've got base layers in here that I've been using since 2012. Yeah, <laughs> like I still have a pair of base layers since 2012 that I use. Literally, I mean, it looks like there's nothing. It it doesn't keep you warm. It's just the comfort part of it because they're just hanging off me. You know, oh, I should yeah. probably get something new. Yep. You know,
2: <laughs> and it was funny because when we talked about doing this and I started compiling my list of gear. Well, first off, geez if I put a price tag to all this stuff now, it'd be like, oh, don't even do that. Holy shit, I've spent a lot of money. But um you know, when I look at it, I've got, you know, pieces that are a few years old and some are like probably eight, 10 years old. And I'm sure there's going to be guys out there that listen to this and think, well, like, man, his, his system isn't right. He's not doing this right. Or he's not, you know, he's not, his outer garments aren't correct or whatever. But when we talk about our systems today, my system is what works for me. Your system Mm -hmm. is what works for you. And like you said, like, We're not affiliated with anyone. So this is all like, we bought these items and these are what work for us over the last years. And we found success using, you know?
1: Yeah. And I can't wait for people to give a shit. Like, (laughs) I'm just so like, like just bring it on. You know what I mean? Like, because I, I give 0 fucks. I do. Like I, and we'll get into some of the things, why we, why we use what we use, um, yeah, I mean, and, and I, I might even go back to like when I was growing up and what I wore, like I wore like three hoodies and, you know, cotton based hoodies with a jacket over. It, and that was mm-hmm. like, that was my like heavyweight, like that was back in high school and stuff like that. You know, you just, what I honestly did was wore a t-shirt and then a hoodie. And then I had, um, I wore scent lock back in the day and scent blocker, stuff like that. I mean, Michigan company with the scent lock. So it was like, that's what we bought. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like I've got my, my system so dialed that... You know, but it's taken a while to get get to here. I mean, it's taken me almost 10 years to get to this point.
2: Yeah. And that, that that's a great point that you just made right there, Aaron, because I, I'm sure there's going to be guys that are listening to this. And especially like if you're a new guy listening to this, these systems that we're about to talk about, like Aaron just said, and for myself— this system I've built now is going on probably 10 years. It's taken me to kind of build the entire system. Like the stuff isn't cheap, not, not one bit. you know, so like, like Aaron said, this is years of building and collecting these items. Yeah. And
1: I want to reiterate that. That's like, you literally take my list and David said it too. Like, I mean, I'm, I might take up and put a price tag to all this stuff because it's, it's aggressive. It's aggressive. But like,
2: I'm not gonna you know, do the price tag thing because if my wife finds this notepad, then we might we're <laughs> probably gonna have some issues. So I'm not doing that. You let me know what yours turns out. Well, I'm just saying
1: like you know, there's a lot of stuff on here, but there's like I mean, there's four different pairs of boots on here that I mm. use every year, you know, and in within one year. But like I said, there's there's when we get into the, the base layer system. I'm not kidding you. I have base layers that I bought in 2012 that I still use to yep. this day. Yep. Um. So yeah, we'll we'll get into it, but it's it's going to be a good little uh, breakdown here. Yeah. Um. Uh, but but before we do get into it, obviously we we do have some housekeeping stuff. We're going to talk about uh, you know, the questions, but also
2: uh, wait, can I say something? Clo- can I say something? Sure. Not only, I I just, I just, I'm going to let it rip real quick. Not only do we have a Feel Good Friday episode here for everyone, but today is actually my daughter, Madeline's birthday. So if she's listening to this, happy birthday, kiddo. I couldn't be more proud of you. Yep. Happy birthday, Madeline. And. Fun fact the one giant mistake series that
1: we did, Madeline named that series. So mm-hmm. there's another yep. little uh, correlation. We can bring it back full circle for Madeline. So happy birthday to you as well.
2: Yeah. And, and how good's a birthday that is on a Friday? Like a Friday oh, or God. Saturday birthday? Like those are the best, no matter what age God. you're turning. Well, what is she? 15? She's turning 15? She 15.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so she's driver's training right now, and she's gonna be
2: driving all over soon. Thank God I do not live around you. <laughs> yeah, yep. She's she, <laughs> I'm she's kidding. got her she's got her permit, and uh, she she's a good driver, you know. Because I mean, you know how it is, Aaron. When you kind of grew up around these country dirt roads and like this, like they've maybe have been driving a little bit here and there. At least you oh, know yeah. side side by sides the snowmobiles, four wheelers. You know, hey, run the truck down to the farm real quick or whatever it may be.
1: Yeah, you know, my daughter Peyton, she's five, and I, t- I tell you about it. But you know, my wife and I, we have a Ranger, a player's Ranger, and we'll go out, and we've got like car doors on. You've seen it, you know. There, it's a crew cab. It's got car doors and everything, so it's like really safe. It's almost like a like a vehicle in a way. Mm-hmm. But we'll, you know, you know, we both live in middle of nowhere. We both live on dirt roads and everything. And you know, my my daughter, she can drive that Ranger. I run the pedals, but like driving 10 and two, she drives down a paved road. I've went 55 mile an hour with it. And she's very, the thing with her is, and girls in general, and I'm starting to realize this between girls and boys, like girls, like to me, grasp things way better, way easier. And they, they like, respect it. You know what I mean? It's like, boys, you want to like hit him with five this way and then hit him five back coming. You know, it's just like, <laughs> yeah. shut up. You know, yep. hit him. Is, it's just like, I don't know, she she does really well. And, you know, I remember when I, I think my dad had me driving when I was like eight or nine on dirt roads, a vehicle. And it's like, uh, I don't know. When you get to driver's training, it's just way easier. It's not yeah. as intimidating in my opinion.
2: Yeah, no, I I totally agree, and you know it, it, the comment about like the boys versus girls thing. You know, when I think of it, when I was a kid, like I just didn't have any fear. Like I didn't, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? We're like, you, even you didn't like, respect you watch, it. Yeah, like and we're like, girls, they they have a little bit different mindset, and you know, when you're growing up, you always hear, well, the girls they mature faster, you know, and then when you have daughters, you're like, oh. They may be right with that, you know, but it's, it's yeah. really awesome. Cause when you, you send me the pictures of P driving like that, and it's not like it's that long ago with my daughters, but like I can remember those exact days, like, you know, like they can't reach the pedals, but they can steer. But like you're planting that seed of how like, you know, vehicles work and turning and paying attention to where you're at. Like that's, that's all great. And hell I can remember when I was in driver's training one of the one one of the guys I knew in drivers training drove himself there on like his farm license every day. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's so, funny. So, sorry about the sidetrack. Just just wanted to wish you happy birthday. Yeah, for sure. Um, some other
1: like other housekeeping things website is close. Everybody, I've had some inquiries on the new garments, and we have them. Like I said, we have them. I'm just wrapping up all the shipping details and everything, getting all the products in there, SKU numbers, everything. It's kind of a cumbersome thing. Um, but yeah, one giant mistake stuff should be shipped out already and should be coming to you soon. And that is, that is great. So those, those are out the door. The, I'm trying to think what else we have, but the, the, the website fall and, uh, the store is, I don't want to say it, because it's <laughs> it's 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 live, but it's it, it's not live. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll just just leave it there. I mean, just just keep checking back. It it'll be ready to go soon. I mean, ASAP. Um, we're on, we got some really cool stuff.
2: Yeah, we're on the doorstep. We we're, we're staying yeah. on the doorstep.
1: Yep, for sure. So okay,
2: Wait, I think hey, another thing. Another thing coming up here is even though it kind of, you know, the weather doesn't feel like it, June's going to be here. So six weeks from today, we're going to be at the TAC event up at Crystal Mountain in northern Michigan. So six weeks may sound like a lot, but it's going to be here before you know it. So all you dudes going up there to TAC, make sure you're out there shooting because it's going to be here.
1: Yep. Definitely get those bows out there, start shooting. You know, that is one thing that we did get some new Helix broadheads recently and, you know, going to be shooting. I've, I've had a few from last year that I've been shooting already and just testing, marrying them with my field points and everything. And, you know, cause I am Turkey hunting with my bow. I'm hopefully going to be going out this weekend. I won't be carrying a, a weapon. I'm trying to get my wife one. So, uh, that'll be the game plan actually probably tomorrow. We're probably going to do that. So, uh, if the weather holds up, but yeah, that's that's kind of the that's kind of the gist of it. Kind of a clunky in, intro here today, but we're gonna get into it. You know what? I don't. I, it's just sorry. It's, our, it's, it's, your, our podcast. Thing. it's whatever, your podcast. Whatever, whatever we want to do. You know, yeah, you can do what you want. Whatever we want to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so last time I went, I think first on the question. So you go first today. What is your question?
2: Okay, so I got a bunch of questions in the hopper right now, but I'm I'm gonna do a question that. Goes right with the discussion we're gonna have after this. In your opinion, do you believe that camouflage patterns are are necessary to hunt whitetails from an elevated position? No. Not at nope. all.
1: Nope, I don't. Okay. Yeah. No, um I think let me let me add it up here. One, two, three. Four of my – no, three of my my five last bucks I've shot with a brown shirt on.
2: Nice. Yeah.
1: And, and I'm going to talk about that shirt here in a little bit, but, like, I really don't. But the only thing is, is, like, I just feel – I feel weird if I'm not wearing some sort of camo in the tree. Like, yep. you know, I – I just feel weird. I just feel like I'm, you know, I, you see a lot of guys from the south and stuff. Like, this is not a knock on the guys from the south. But I've filmed a lot of guys from, like, Texas and everything. And they're wearing, like, blue jeans and stuff like that. And, and I'm just like, that's so weird to me. Like, I can't even do that rifle hunting here when I know I'm going in a blind. Yeah. Like, I just need to feel like it's like, kind of like your uniform. Like, you got to yeah. have it. So, But do my you, opinion, I,
2: I I, don't think it's necessary. Do you think a lot of, like, how you talk about the guys down in Texas or the way you feel do you think some of that's strictly just how you're brought up? Like when I probably from the day you could start hunting, Dad probably had in camouflage, right? That of some sort, yeah, yeah. That's or just like, what you do. Yeah, and think about like down in Texas. You know, when we were kids, Texas they could start hunting a lot earlier than we could. So you know, most of the time, a five six year old they don't make a lot of camo for those kind of kids or that size, mm-hmm. you know, now they do, but back then they didn't. We're like, Hey, they, they had the blue jeans on and we're going hunting, you know? So,
1: yep. Yeah. No, that's a good question. What do you, what's your take on it?
2: Um, I don't, I, I don't think it's necessary. Um, will it maybe help you in some situations? I think there's a percentage that it could, you know, um, but I don't think it's a hundred percent necessarily because it, at the, at the end of the day, it's it's all about your movement, especially being elevated up in the tree. But somewhere in there, there's probably a small percentage. But I I, I tell you what, the camos that I kind of more believe in aren't your stereotypical good looking camouflage that you can buy at the you know big box stores usually. So
1: yeah. <laughs> Good question. Good question. All right. So my question is kind of, I got this question from the mediator podcast recently and it just, it, it jogged my memory, but they were on a recent podcast. They were talking about, uh, about the trail cam ban in Kansas. Okay. And one of the guys, I can't remember who it was, posed a question to another guy and said, and I might get this a little wrong. So I'm paraphrasing here, but like so it's it's about the trail cam band, but I'm going to I'm going to po- pull I'm gonna, I'm going to kind of tweak it a little bit for you. Kay? Okay? You have let's say you have 3 days to kill a deer. Okay? Mm-hmm. 3 days. Are you and and you only can use either A, a bag of corn or B, a trail cam. What are you doing?
2: Oh, three days I'd I'd probably use a trail camera yeah
1: really yeah. even i mean it's it's all legal beagle you can bait or you can you can
2: use a trail cam i mean I don't see the baiting thing like i grew up around baiting but it also like it when I was a kid we didn't we didn't kill big deer on it like if i'm if okay if i'm looking to just kill a deer on in three days any deer'll give me the corn every day of the week but like I I don't have any experience with like big deer associated with like corn piles, but that was when I was a kid. Like that was, Mm -hmm. you know, my first 10 years of hunting killed a lot of deer on bait. I didn't kill anything big, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I I don't know a lot about the, 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 the baiting part. So I I'd probably take the trail camera. If I, if I had to really get into an area, um, the nice thing about a trail camera is I could go hunt something for one day, and the trail camera is hunting another area for me. So yeah, I'd probably mm-hmm. take the trail camera. Honestly, you not so much, huh? Um, three days to kill a deer, bait all day. Like, okay, if
1: it's just a deer,
2: you know, killing. Uh, oh, yeah. just
1: yeah. Um, but honestly, you know, if it's to kill like just odd deer, or like if you're tell if you're saying like to kill the biggest deer in the area honestly I'm, I'm the same way i've mm-hmm. around here if it's in my area it's i'm not taking bait like i i know big deer can get shot on bait but i've never
2: had it happen either you yeah. know so do you, do you um, think some of that's kind of location dependent like what if oh, yeah. what if you're going okay this is a great scenario because you've seen this what if you are going down to kentucky for the first three days of season what are you taking? The drill
1: camera 100% the bait? 100% bait. Right. Yeah. 150% <laughs> yeah. bait. <laughs> yes. You but and I had the same <laughs> height, or had the same test not far apart from last year. You were hunting yeah. piece of public with cameras and no bait. Mm-hmm. I was filming guys on private with bait. And what, did, what happened? You hardly saw deer, and we were killing giants.
2: <laughs> you, hey, hey, you guys killed more deer over 150 than deer I seen in general, period. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> but was wild. Yeah, so that that's such a different, like, but all of a sudden, what if you're in, what if you're in, uh, I don't know, what if you're in northeast Missouri uh, for the first three days of November? Like, what do you? Probably not gonna take the corn, right? Yeah, yeah, like, I know. If it, you're it, if you're looking for like a upper echelon type of deer,
1: yeah, yeah, and honestly, I mean, yeah, you're gonna take the camera, but really, in my opinion, my thing is just like in that scenario. If we want to keep going down that rabbit hole, is just I'm gonna try to cover as much ground and find the hottest sign and just sit on it for three days.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, but so. like, but even like having that camera with you though, then if you you like. You could have a like, um, this spot may be good. This spot over here, I think is better. I'm gonna go hunt this spot, but I'm gonna put this camera over here, and I'll come back and check it. You know, yeah. I, I don't. Great question, though. Great question. Yeah, you
1: know, and, and to talk about, th- they went on for like 35 minutes on that whole trail cam band and stuff like that, and it. I agree with them. Like that's a lot of their thoughts or what were my thoughts, and I just think it's a bunch of crap. So I I don't think it's a you know, the thing is they're going to take it away and, or they did take it away and it's going to be taken away forever, you know, and it's for, for what? Because a, someone's probably butt hurt that, you know, that there, there's more people in the parking lot or something like that. I don't know. So it's,
2: it's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, anyway, let's not go down that, <laughs> there it is. that road. <clears throat>
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's get into this, this, uh, this episode here. And like I said, we're going to break down, Our early, mid, and late season setups, uh, as far as our, I'm gonna say camel, but it's clothing. You know, um, Mm -hmm. the camouflage really doesn't matter to me, Mm -hmm. so. Let's face it, we all have a camera that is laying around that's either broken or completely worthless. Thankfully right now, after a ton of great feedback from last year, Exodus is opening an upgrade program. Cash for clunkers, I like to call it. So how does this even work? in short order any camera on exodusoutdoorgear.com and use the code upgrade to save 25 percent on any exodus render render bundle rival or rival bundle after placing your order the exodus team will send you a return label for your trade-in camera after receiving the camera they'll ship you your full order if you're new to exodus i'll just say this five-year warranty five-year theft and damage coverage and best-in-class customer service i've been using exodus cameras for three years now and they, to me, are the most reliable, dependable, and just downright flat-out work for me. They're workhorses. I know I'm going to put them out, and I know they're going to work. Be sure to take advantage of this unique saving opportunity to replace any old junky camera with the bulletproof and dependable Exodus camera. This upgrade program is only good for the remainder of April or while supplies last. As always, be sure to head over to their website and sign up for their email newsletter to stay up to date with all their announcements. I've caught wind that they have some really exciting announcements coming down the pipeline. So for more details on the campaign, head over to exodusoutdoorgear.com pages exodus upgrade program. And I'm going to put a link in the show notes for this upgrade. If you've been a listener of the podcast, you know that I'm a huge fan of Garmin products. None bigger than the A1 Series bow sights. I've been shooting a Garmin bow sight since 2019 and in my opinion hands down makes you better in the moment of truth. For the past two seasons I've shot the A1i Pro and my favorite feature of that sight is the confidence it gives you when I'm at full draw on a shooter buck and the moment just slows down. It helps the moment slow down in my opinion. No more movements of grabbing your rangefinder and ranging once, twice three times, and then moving your dial to the correct yardage. Or for the fixed point hunters, trying to gap shoot. Just go to full draw, hit the range button, and make every shot count. If you want to learn more about Garmin Bow Sites, head over to Garmin.com. Um, why don't you kick it off here? Let's let's start with yours.
2: Okay. Uh, you want to just roll right into early season?
1: Yeah, let's do that. Yep.
2: Okay. Uh, we'll start right here with early season. And I think of, when I think of early season, um, I don't want to put like a hard temperature range in it, but when I think of early season, it's kind of anywhere from probably, uh, like low sixties, the possibility of dropping at night to anywhere up of, you know, lower eighties and maybe even a little warmer during the day. So that, that's kind of the day or the temperature range for this gear setup. Um, so we'll start with, uh, with the, uh, the base layers and I only usually only run one base layer for early season and a lot of times that will actually be also my outer layer so I will run a lightweight merino wool top and I I like the quarter zip for the early season so I can really open that quarter zip up quarter, quarter zip up walking in and out you know so not getting too hot and uh, that that quarter zip merino wool I, I like to I've actually been using the um the uh where is it what's it called oh the Black Ovis brand it's not Mm -hmm. too expensive it's not the cheapest out there you can find it on sale pretty good and they have like a lot of like olive colors green colors and brown so I really like that so we got the quarter zip top and it's funny I actually have a pair of Sika Equinox pants which the the quality of those pants are really nice but I tell you what about i don't know four or five years ago i started wearing these these wrangler outdoor stretch pants for work and they also make those in a lot of neutral colors and it only took me about a year of wearing them for work and i was like you know what i'm gonna start wearing these early season because they they fit well they're not real baggy because i i'm gonna be honest like i usually wear like a a size 30 30 uh pant and a lot of these outdoor companies like, they're just still baggy on me, and I don't like a, a really baggy pant, especially when you have no base layers under them. So I, I've been running the Wrangler Outdoor Stretch Pants, and honestly, you can pick those up for, like, 21 to $26. Um, I find them at Walmart, which sucks because I, I freaking hate Walmart, but the pants there are, are worth going into. And then uh, if I'm not – if I need – I'd say a different layer than my Merino wool quarter zip. I do have a Sika core lightweight hoodie, which is like ultra lightweight. Like it's all, it's like paper thin, but it's nice cause it, it does have the built in face mask on it. Like you can pull it up, but it's not Merino wool. And, and I don't know if it's a lot of people are like me, but like if I wear that one time on an early season hunt, the thing stinks. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. And so throughout this podcast you'll hear me talk about merino wool a lot because one i think it it regulates my body temperature really well but it doesn't get stinky and i can wear it for days on end as bad as that sounds it's it's hard to wash your stuff all the time you know so yeah i got the quarter zip that's mainly what i wear for the top layer and what i what i'll pack in my pack they, I don't even think they make this jacket anymore. But this is for like when it gets a little bit cooler in the evenings. I need to throw a jacket on. It's uh, it's made by. It's a predator camo jacket, and it's called the adrenaline jacket. And it's hands down, it's my most favorite freaking lightweight jacket there is. Like it's as quiet as can be. It's not windproof or anything. It's just a, It's it's probably equal to like a lightweight sweatshirt is kind of what it feels like, but in a jacket form. So, and I I do want to hit on a lightweight Merino wool is right around the 150 grams. So if someone's researching Merino wool, the lightweight's kind of like 125 to 150 grams Merino wool. So that's, that's right in that window. And then when it comes to, uh, you know, uh, a hat early season, just usually a a ball cap, you know, I, I use a specific hunting hat. So it's not one I wear every day, um, gloves. I just use it. I'll, I'll wear real cheap lightweight glove. I cut all the fingertips off my gloves, especially for early season. And then uh, early season, a lightweight merino wool sock, just a darn, usually I wear the darn tough socks. I don't have the exact name of them. They're just the lightest weight one. And then uh, for boots, I go with two because it's going to depend on where I'm hunting. I have uh, like a hiker style boot, and then I have a, um, like a knee boot for the, like the swamp. So the knee boot, I will wear is a lacrosse arrowhead the 3.5 millimeter that's basically their uninsulated version of that boot they make two which I will get to the other one later on and then I wear a pair of crispy summit GTX boots um I think it's maybe their original model I think they actually have a newer model out now but uh I if I had my choice I'd always wear the the hiker style boot but most of the time, the good stuff in the early season requires a rubber boot, so I I had to have both. So yeah, that's my early season setup. As there's not a lot to it, it's pretty light, it's pretty simple. Um, when I look at my sheet, it's probably my cheapest category to have because I don't need a lot of things. I don't need to like add and adjust different items here. Um, just simply have to pack the jacket in the backpack for uh for the evenings or. If it's a morning hunt, I can lose that in the morning. But yeah, pretty simple early season setup.
1: Yep, I like it. Um, and you have kind of quite a few items that that I use, but um, I'm gonna tweak a little bit. So I'm a merino wool guy as well, but um, I have the the base layers I was talking about that I have had since 2012, and I've bought more since then because I love them so much. Is a Cabela's brand and it's it's uh it's ECWCS and it it stands for the extended cold weather clothing system. You can get a light, a medium, and a heavy. And it's not a merino wool, it's a polyester spandex. Now, everybody's probably like, yeah. You know, like it's not merino because I, I feel like the merino purists are like people are like, dog, merino is the only way to go. I'm gonna tell you what. So when I used to work for Chris and Casey Kiefer, we did dropped, okay? And it was living literally in the same clothes you have for 28 days. And I wore the same set of midweight base layers, these ECW-CSs, for 28 days straight. No shower. And I did not stink. I mean, you stink, but, like, I I still have them. And when I put them up to my face, they don't smell. So that was, to me, like... They're comfortable. They they wick your your sweat away really good, and it, it like it dries you so well. Um, so that was like a a really big test for me. And like, oh man, if these are gonna work good where I can't have a shower, or that they're gonna work good in the Whitetail Woods. So my early season is like when I walk to the tree is a it I'm gonna it's a midweight. But it's not like a really heavy midweight. It breathes well, and it really wicks away the 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 sweat and all that stuff. I will I will use that going in, and it's like a green. Mine is a green and a gray. It's like kind of like sectioned off. Like it, some of it's green, some of it's gray. I do have a quarter zip like you. I like that having that breathable option there, um, and then my pants. A lot like yours. I use the Wranglers if I want, like I've, I have bought, I wear Wranglers every day, those stretchy pants. I wear them literally every day, but I did buy a pair. Like you said, they're like 21 or 26 bucks or something like that. I bought a gray pair and a brown pair just to have in my hunting tote and they're just hunting pants. But I will say the uh, Equinox pant, I really like, but there are days that we're hunting in 80 degrees and Equinox pants still can be a little warm you know, and if there is one thing I hate about the Equinox, you brought it up it like down by my boot. It does almost feel like I have like a baggy pant on, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Little baggy. I mean, first world problems, whatever. But like, I will say though, they're so comfortable. They are, they're athletic fitting. Um, they have a built-in belt that I love. The belt never comes off. I just leave it on there. So the Equinox pant, but like, let's say I get to the tree, and I'm hunting in my base layer top, normally. I have my all-time, all-time favorite piece of gear is the Sika Fanatic hoodie, okay? I bought my first one in 2017, wore it all the way through drop every day and through drop that year. And then every hunt from 17 until last year, I finally bought another one. Uh, it's a brown one. You'll see me on my like YouTube channel. I've shot some deer in it. It's a brown. It, I love it. But like the the cuffs and everything are like blown out of it, but it's it's like it, literally it's like 6 years old and I wear it on every hunt. I love it. I love it. So I bought another one, but that sick sick of fanatic hoodie with the built-in face mask. I love that part of it too. When it gets colder in the evenings or something, I'll just flip that baby on cuz it really in the early season, you're only maybe getting down colder where you might get a little chill for like maybe an hour, maybe at most. So that is that is that is kind of my my system when it comes to that. Um, the my boots are. A Thor crispy, it's the crispy Thor twos. They're uninsulated. It's a it's a mountain boot that I do a lot of mountain hunts with when I do go on mountain hunts. But they're awesome for tree stands. They're light. I feel like I could run a marathon in them. Um, so I like those. I hate knee high boots. Absolutely hate them because I hate how they don't breathe and they're just not comfortable to walk a distance in. But I do have some. Um, I use the eighteen inch Alpha Burley Lacrosse uninsulated. And, uh, if I need them, that's what I'm going to use there. Uh, I have to wear a neck gaiter and I usually use the minus 33 neck gaiter. That's a merino wool version and I'll get a light one. I just, I, I love wearing a neck gaiter. It just makes me feel comfortable. And I feel like it blocks a lot of, a lot of scent that might be coming out of your, you know, up from your neck and everything. Uh, hats, just a ball cap. I have a lucky hat. uh, I've been been wearing since 2019. It was green. Now it looks very almost like white because I wore it so much and washed it and everything. So I wear that. But I do take um, a stocking hat in with me, like a Carhartt stocking hat or something. If it does get cold, I just flip that on. Uh, Socks, darn tough like yours. mindle mindels is a boot company and you'll hear me talk about these guys a little bit more here in a little bit but mindle makes a really good merino wool sock as well and honestly i like them better than the darn tough mindle is a company that they're built their boots and everything are built out of italy um and i got turned on to those from chris and casey back in 2012 i bought my first pair of of lace up mountain boots they're mindles and can't remember what they were called but they they went through a couple sheep hunts and a couple mountain hunts over the course of like nine years and then they finally gave out on me and I really like their products because they really held up really well so I got some of their socks really like those the thing I hate about the darn tough socks for me I don't know if you have this issue they're so gosh darn hard to put on they're (laughs) so tight I hate that I hate it you know and I sometimes I after I get done wearing them I don't want to wash them because they're like broke in and every time you wash them they like shrink shrink back up I hate that part. Yeah, they tighten um, up a little bit. So that's basically my my early season setup. Um, I don't wear gloves usually. If I do, I only wear fingerless gloves. They're the minus thirty three brand glove. You can get those on Amazon. That's where I get them. I don't know where else you can get them. You kind of turned me on to that brand. I really like those gloves. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's my early season. Um, I can go into mid-weight or, or mid-season if you want me to go or if you want to go in for it next.
2: No, I, I just had one question about your early season setup. Um, And maybe you don't use it at all, but... It, this is something that I don't have that I've, I've kind of been researching, but I didn't know if you actually are using during hunting season. Are you using your uh like your your boot gaiters at all? Like on a say like if the the grass or the fields are real dewy in the morning on an early season hunt, do you ever wear those? Hundred percent, and I'll use them all year if if
1: if it's a morning hunt and I know like that same thing. If the dew is heavy and you're going through like uh you know ferns or you know Mm -hmm. any type of weeds like it really helps just to save that wetness on your on your uh on your um pants i hate that feeling you know when we were up in the up in the up doing that hunt or whatever last year i wore those a little bit just for the fact of just to save and on your pants being wet and stuff like that that's a good point I i forgot about those gators
2: yeah, no, I, I've been eyeing them up ever since, it, you know, when we were scouting the one day and I seen you had them on and I always, you know, I always thought, well, I'll just wear rubber boots where it's like, I, you know, I've had to wear rubber boots, just to access places in the morning, just because of how wet the vegetation was going to be. Not necessarily that I had to be in a swamp, but just how wet everything was. Cause I was like, you know how it is. Like you're, you're, you know, from the knee down, get soaked from all the, the morning dew. It's not going to dry out by the time your, your hunt's done, you know. For sure, yeah. yeah. That I I use. Uh, um,
1: oh my gosh, um, I can't remember the brand now. Darn it! Sorry, I because that, that that is a good that is a good piece of gear that I use quite a bit. Um, I want to say REI, but it's not REI. Mm-hmm. I think I got them at an REI or whatever, but it's there. It's a just a gator. Um, it goes up to my knee. I usually – I wear them during turkey season a lot too because, the, you know, it's kind of – you can get those wet days, and, and it's just so much more comfortable wearing them other than – or over, like, a knee high. I yeah. hate I hate knee highs. Yeah.
2: God, I hate knee highs. Yeah, and I, and I tell you what, for anyone listening, some of these recommendations that Aaron's talking about, like these recommendations, like he said, have, they, these things been put through the paces in, like, Alaska and stuff. You know, this isn't just your – you know, some of these pieces of gear that Aaron's using for whitetail hunting has have been in using like the most extreme environments possible.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. Okay, so I did find them. Outdoor Research is the ones that I have, okay. and I bought those in uh, 2013, and I still use them today. So we're talking 10 years, and they look like hell they cuz they've they've been through the ringer mm-hmm. um but they still work great and with the with the boot gators too like I've been on mountain hunts that you know they it, how it's designed is when you get in the water you can use it in water like a like a knee high but what it does is it creates a vacuum around your foot and you'll have that tight the the gator tight on your boot and it creates a vacuum around your foot as long as you don't bring your foot out of the water and back in you're good. You almost have to like slide your feet in the water and that mm. vacuum stays good. I'm not saying your, your foot's not going to get wet at all, but I've had times where you, we're crossing raging rivers. And as long as you keep that vacuum good and you just keep sliding your feet, you should be good,
2: you know, and, and you're comfortable too. So, yeah, I, I like it, man. That's I, you know, putting this list together, I was thinking, man, I haven't really bought anything like apparel wise for hunting, you know, recently but i was that's the one thing that's i i keep looking at different ones researching that if there's gonna be something new to buy this year maybe a set of those yeah and, and like
1: there's a lot of people that make them kuyu makes a version uh black Ovis makes a version uh king's camo i'm looking yeah. at a lot right now there's outdoor there's research a bunch. I can tell you right now the outdoor research ones that I've, like I said, I've had them for 10 years, and they've been through a lot, and they're still kicking right now. Um, First Light makes some. I'm sure Sicka makes some. Yeah, Sicka makes some. Kenetrex. So there's some some good options, you know, if you definitely want to get into something like that.
2: Yeah, for sure. All right, man. Take us right into the mid-season.
1: Okay, so mid-season, this is my money layer. This is, and the reason being to kind of go back to the point where you made like you know, just being in the environment that we're hunting a lot in, like the mid-season, I feel like our Octobers couldn't more times than not, they're like mid-season, you know, it is mid-season, but it's more of like, I, I put a, around the October 20th to like Thanksgiving timeframe is what I'm talking about here. And this is going to be more of like getting down into the mid-30s, low to mid-30s, up until maybe 60 as a high, 50, 60 as a high. It is the most comfortable time to hunt, in my opinion, and this is this is the most important one, I would say, for a vast majority of hunters is the mid-season layers. And I always fought with bulkiness and how to like to to cut down on that bulkiness and be comfortable and still make it fun, you know, and not have a whole bunch of layers on. I do want to uh, say something disclaimer here i don't get cold very easily just so everybody knows so take what i say with a grain of salt i shouldn't say with a grain of salt but take it and and apply it however you want because i don't get cold very easily i can withstand some pretty good stuff if i get cold and i complain you know it's pretty damn cold um so okay base layers same thing it's the midway cabela's ECWCS, um like i said it's a polyester spandex that's what i'm running most of the time now when it gets down into the 30s that's gonna be more for like a 50 50 to 60 degrees but when it gets down into the 30s and low 40s i'm gonna bump that up to maybe a heavier weight and the heavier weight that i use is the sika heavyweight uh bottom and top and it's a quarter zip um that's what i use for the heavyweight and roll really a lot of times i can get away with just that so what i do is i use those and then i'll throw my Sika fanatic hoodie on next okay and then i'm a huge vest guy love love, love a vest um i used to wear a ultimate vest from cabela's and now i'm wearing a Sika fanatic vest and I just love it because, I'm, like I said, it's, I don't get cold very easily. So, my arms with a heavyweight base layer and a Sika Fanatic hoodie on my arms is good. As long as my core is good, I am solid. So, I'm using a, uh, a Sika Fanatic vest and or I've got a Stratus jacket, a Sika Stratus jacket, which I really like. My pants set up, I'm using Sika Stratus pants the whole time. I can layer underneath that like a lot of times I'll put like a light or mid ECWCS base layer on and then if I have to I'll put a heavyweight merino layer on um if I have to and then I'll put the fanatic or the stratus pants on or I'll do just the heavyweight Sika pants um base layer pants and then the stratus pants and I'm good I am 100% good. Those Stratus pants, the Stratus system that Sika made, in my opinion, is hands down like one of the probably the top systems I think they have, um, the Fanatic and the Stratus. But that's that's what I'm rolling for that. For boots, this is where the Mindle boots come in. I have a, I have a pair of lace-up Mindle. Um, they're called the Comfort Fit Hunter 400. So they're 400 grams. Another thing about my feet ask my wife. I have terrible feet. As far as like, I, I don't, I'm not the guy that wears like big bulky socks all the time because a couple things are going to happen. My feet are always going to sweat and they're just going to get cold anyway. So I roll my midway, uh, Mindel Merino socks and I wore those, or I wear those Mindel 400 gram boots. I am toasty. I am good to go with those. And, um, the next thing, if I do knee do have to have knee highs, I still use my 18-inch Alpha Burley uninsulated, and like I said, I live with cold feet. That it's just the way it is. I've accepted it now, and it's just I roll with it. So that's that's my system. Um, let me let me make sure I don't have or I'm missing something. The biggest, I think the biggest. There's two things to this this point. Stratus pants are huge, and then the Fanatic vest is awesome. That that's my that's my layer if for some reason i get like it's pretty 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 darn cold low 30s or whatever and i'll always have my stratic stratus jacket with me i'm always going to go fanatic hoodie and vest but if it's some for some reason i start getting cold the the stratus jacket's coming on yeah. um, and i i hardly let's i hate gloves i hate wearing gloves absolutely hate it i still wear the minus 33 fingerless gloves I sometimes I will run a muff, but with the fanatic system, that vest, gosh, the, the pockets are perfect. You know what I mean? And it's warm enough. I never shoot a deer with gloves on I have, I can't, I, I mean, I can, but I just don't like it. I always take my gloves off to shoot deer. So it's just another one of those things. My hands are cold as well. Net gator. I'll roll merino wool minus 33 net gator, either a midweight or a heavy. And uh, the neck gaiter is key for me. As long as I keep my neck cold or neck warm, I'm good. Ball cap. I'm s- still using the same green cap, and I'll throw a Carhartt, you know, stock cap on over it. But I, man, that's that's basically my midweight, my midweight layer. This this system for midweight took me. This is the one that took me about ten years to perfect. Um, it's, but I've got it so dialed right now that I'm good you know I'm good. And the socks, the merino um socks from you that I was using, they're called Extra MT Jagged, J-A-G-D, If you guys are wondering what uh those socks were. So, that's my system, my my mid my mid-season system. Yeah, I like it. At
0: Midway USA, we know the AR15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out midwayusa.com.
2: Um, I'm gonna second what Aaron said with how my midweight system is too. Like this is this is where I make my money right here. Like these are the dog days of hunting season that this mid season area is so important to me that when I read mine off, I actually almost have two of everything in this section. I've like, I'm not, I'm not kidding. So like net gators, I'm going to have two, I'm going to have literally two lightweights, two midweights, two heavyweights. I also am using the, the minus 33 finger fingerless gloves, the merino wool. I probably have four sets of those because like when it gets to that time, of the season and hunting is that important. Like if something gets wet, and I'm hunting the next day, like I need to have options, right? So I'm also running the, like it, Like Aaron said, the minus 33 merino wool fingerless gloves. Once we hit mid-season, that's pretty much the only glove I'm wearing. If I wear any other glove, I'm going to add in the, the Sika Fanatic glove, which the Fanatic, everyone thinks that that's the heavy line for Sika. The Fanatic glove is an excellent, like mid-season glove and the thing about both of these gloves I i listed both of them is that they can withstand mobile hunting like how many times are you ripping the seams out of the edge of a finger of a glove like i want i want a glove that's going to last and aaron pointed out about this minus 33 hey it's exactly like any other fingerless merino wool glove on on the market and you can find this thing for less than $20, like at all times, usually on Amazon. So, um, I'm kind of, it's, I'm kind of keeping that same boot right now, that crispy, that crispy summit GTX and that, that uninsulated lacrosse arrowhead. But what I am changing now, I'm starting to change my sock. I'm starting to add in a midweight sock or even a little heavier weight sock if I want to keep the uninsulated boot. That's kind of my choice before I, I have to start really using the the heavy boots if I have to. So that's what I like to roll with, but as soon as midseason hits, I'm going to be honest, I get rid of my ball cap. I have a thing, I don't like hunting with a ball cap if I don't have to. I like to use a midweight merino wool like beanie. Like it's it's pretty lightweight, but it's but it's it's warm enough, but I also don't like a really tight beanie. I don't want the thing like suffocating my ears in. So I can either run, I run two different ones. I'll run a midweight weight merino wool beanie, or I'll run the, the Cica stratus beanie. And I have an older one, so I don't, I can't speak about the new ones, but the older one, like it just, it doesn't, it's not like squeezing your brain to death. You know what I mean? It's, it's nice and loose. So, but let's get into that, you know, what I'm actually, the full gear setup. I am changing over to a midweight Merino wool, top and bottom. But unlike my early season top with the quarter zip, now that I'm going to be actually layering, I want my Merino wool to just be like a regular crew neck. I don't want it to be a quarter zip because I don't want, you know, three or four zippers right here. I just want that one straight tight to the body. So we have the Merino wool, top and bottom, midweights, And then this is where I add in the Fanatic hoodie which is arguably the best hoodie, like Aaron said, made on the market. Um, having that pocket, that kangaroo pocket is so freaking nice for a bow hunter, especially when you're wearing fingerless gloves. That's really nice. And what I'll start adding in is I have, it's not even a, a hunting vest, but it's, a, it's just a north face. It's a, like a puffy on the down vest. I can pack that right into the bottom of my bag for the day. And that don't get brought out often, maybe two to three nights during the season. But like right when that sun goes down and it's like, oh shit, I'm a little underdressed for tonight. That's like a perfect option to pull out. And it's it's real nice now that like, I mean, when you're saddle hunting, you don't have like this harness you're messing with. You can just throw a garment right on. That is, that's extremely overlooked. That's really nice. But so then for my outer shells, I have two different op- options here. I have the Predator G2 whitetail jacket and the Predator G2 whitetail pant. Okay. I love both of those items, but the, the the biggest problem with those, they're not windproof. And they're so quiet. They're so comfortable. I've had them for years. Like I've probably had them for ever since they came out with that line. And I don't know, five, six years ago, I bought it and I really liked it. But I seen the issue like you, I think in your outer layer, it's super important to have something that's windproof. So that's where my Stratus gear comes in. And I I think back of my Stratus, Sika Stratus jacket is the very p- first piece of Sika I ever bought because I, I had done all this research because the stuff it's pricey, right? And... Everything I read was like this is the most versatile part that Sika makes. You can like, you can run just that, or you can build a lot with it to, for colder temperatures. So I had the Stratus jacket first, and then, it, like, I think that year that's all I could buy. And so then I said, "Well, I'm going to save up for the Stratus pant." Well, the following year they actually offered the Stratus in a bib option, and I never ran bibs before. But I thought, man, if I'm gonna be a minimalist, if I get the bib, I probably could lose a layer up top if I have the bib also. Because if you look at how they built the Stratus, it's also insulated like at the top. It's windproof up there still. Like everything's the same. So, mm. Okay, let's get the let's get the uh, let's get the Stratus bib. So I went the opposite of what you got. You got the pan. I got the bib. Absolutely love that choice. <laughs> Absolutely love it. So. I guess if I could paint a picture of what a normal mid-season kind of setup would look like for me, it would be a Merino top, a Merino bottom, the Fanatic hoodie, and then I would like the Stratus bib, and then I'm going to put my Stratus jacket in the pack, and we're going hunting that night. Like, that's my, it's it's literally no bulk. I mean, you literally have a skin-tight Merino wool base layer. Then the fanatic hoodie with the bibs, and I'm not putting that jacket on until like, you know, I like to put it on a little earlier than what I need it, just because usually by the time you need it, that's good, to, you know, good deer hunting time. Um, yes, yeah, so that that's my mid layer, my mid season uh go to. But the one thing I know it's not like a piece of clothing we wear, but when the mid season hits, a really important item for me that goes with my boots and stuff is a boot dryer. Because every time I go hunting, I don't care if my boots got wet or not, there's probably some kind of moisture inside of them. And I always throw them on the boot dryer. And then when it really starts kind of those colder mornings, you're always putting your foot into a warm boot in the morning. It just, it makes life (laughs) a little bit better. I, that is one thing that comes out usually mid to late October is a boot dryer yeah that's a good point. I've actually got two boot dryers
1: I'm gonna mm. one I'm gonna I'm gonna my dad's better than your dad kind of thing okay <laughs> oh, on you. I'm going go. to one up you here but this is the <laughs> reason why I did that so because I've got one that you can put like your gloves and everything on so I roll that but this just happened to me. Kevin and I um Kevin leach, one of the owners of latitude we went and just scouted a huge huge, Piece public marsh public, and a full day. And I was wearing my knee highs, and it was so wet. But you know, throughout the day, like actually later in the day, I actually got into a, I got a little got a little aggressive, and I went into a spot where I I kind of got hung up, and I boot or water came over my boot. Um, so literally that was last Wednesday, so we're talking over a week ago, ten almost ten days ago. Those boots are still on the boot dryer and it's still on. And I did that on purpose because go back like 10 minutes ago on this podcast when I said, I have terrible feet. I don't make it like I used to wear knee highs all the time. That's all I used to wear through the season. I could not get a knee high to last through the season. Either A, it gets blown out or B, it just gets so rotted out in the inside from the smell and the lack of like, so... I started trying to figure out a system to be able to not make it smell so damn bad. And the biggest part is just getting like your insoles and everything out and drying them every time I wear those boots. I do the same thing for any of my lace-up boots. All my lace-up boots, I don't care if I wear them to go to the grocery store, or if I—and I and I wouldn't be, but you know what I mean. I'm wearing them for the outdoors. When I come back, they are going to be on the boot dryer minimum two days. Two days because... You got to get that that moisture out of there because they're gonna start stinking so bad. And yep. my boots, they don't stink anymore, you know. So boot dryers, that's huge. That's that's a good call on that.
2: Yeah, and you know, I see. Uh, well, not I see. I did this. I I did this ten years ago, where you know I was always wearing rubber boots, you know. And a lot of the stuff I hunt, you need them, okay. But I would always let's say it's trail camera season, and I you know got them soaked boot you know water went over the boots then i'm i'm letting them air out or try to dry outside and then i started reading things and i don't maybe it's true maybe it's not it, it it makes a lot of sense to me but you let those rubber boots just sit outside in the sun to try to dry out they'll they'll start like cracking them and they just wear them out faster than what and listen guys you're spending your hard-earned money on it make these things make all of this gear last as long as you can where it's like i was trying to just sun dry them all the time where it's like no that's not the way to go about it. Get it. a boot dryer is arguably one of the best things you can buy for yourself for your hunting room like period. 100%.
1: I keep mine out in the garage. You know, I got a little a little yep. rack out in my garage that just like all my scouting stuff, like my scouting backpack and my scouting pants and my scouting jacket and whatever, they stay out there and that's where my boots are as well. So I just you know just just, uh, they got their own little corner right there. So, great yep. call. I have a question for you though. Yeah. What are you changing anything on all day sits?
2: You mean like, am I gonna, am I changing while I'm up in the tree or am I changing what I'm taking?
1: Changing, you know. If you, whatever, or, like, would you be taking anything different because you know you're going to be in an all day or, or what, what are you thinking?
2: Uh, do, you know what? Honestly, great question because they, I, I probably would. Um, and it's going to like, let's just say you're on an all day sit. It's, uh, it's 35 degrees in the morning and it's going to get to 56 during the day. Maybe that's that, that's a pretty big swing. Let's just say, yeah, 52 to 56. Where, I would probably opt for like a heavier boot. You know, I, I'd probably change to, let's, let's say a, either a lacrosse arrowhead seven millimeter or a lacrosse. I also run a, a lacrosse Atlas 1200 gram, gram boot. i maybe opt for the little heavier boot where it's like, I may not need that at the peak of the day, but if I'm going to sit there all day, I may want that in the morning and I may want that in the evening. Um, Other than that, I mean, it's, It's not, I mean, it's usually, it usually doesn't change too much. The thing that I'm going to probably worry about the most usually would be my feet at that point, you know, like if I get cold feet during that all day sit, that's, that's going to be, that's going to be rough, you know, but it, it would all, I guess it's situational dependent. I have to look at what the temperature does. You know, let's just say you're on an all day hunt. Like I've done this too, where it's like, okay, it's kind of, I'm kind of rolling with my mid season stuff. But it's borderline of like, are we talking 12 plus mile an hour winds? Like, okay, instead of the Stratus jacket, maybe I'll just take my Fanatic jacket today. Still run just the single base layer, but add a heavier jacket where it's like, it's probably a little overkill during the day, but in the morning and evening when the sun's coming up and going down and that wind's really whipping, like that may make a difference right then. Good, great question. What about, what about you? I
1: think what, cause you know, when when we go to Kansas this year, if we draw, my plan is I'm gonna I'm gonna be sitting all day a lot, and my theory on that right now is I'm gonna wear the same system in Stratus system, fanatic hoodie, and fanatic uh, the fanatic um, I'm sorry, fanatic hoodie and the fanatic vest, sorry. But what I think I'm going to change is, and we'll get into like the, the, the late season is what I'm going to pack in with me on those all day sits is my fanatic bibs Mm -hmm. and my sick of fanatic bibs, because I feel like I can pack those in. I've already got the hoodie or the, the fanatic vest, which I told you, my core just needs to be good. That that or the, the fanatic bibs, you know, midday or, or coming into like, you know, you always got like that two three o'clock time frame where it's like okay you've been sitting here all day and you got about two more hours to push through or three more hours to push through it's like i'm gonna put those those bibs on i think those would be i don't like to use the word game changer but i think those will be like a very good addition to bring in just to throw right over my stratus pants you might get a little chill those things will freaking those things are so warm yeah and they'll just like warm you right up
2: yeah. So I've, I've been using the, the fanatic uh, bibs for two years and uh, I, I think it's a great idea. The only thing I would tweak there, Aaron, is if you're taking those with you, you don't need to bring this, the Stratus, your Stratus pants. What I would be doing is I would go your Merino, your base layer, and maybe just your Equinox pants for the walk-in. I would not, Good call. I would not, cause you're like, that was, that would be a lot, lot to do. So yeah, <laughs> no, that's a good
1: call. That's a really good call. That's because I've just got the fanatic stuff this this uh, this December. You know what I mean? After season, and um, so that's a good call to know because I do have those Equinox pants, and those aren't that that bulky. Maybe to walk in on, and yep. when you get into the tree, then put those fanatic bibs on, and you'll be good the rest of the day. Those things are so nice.
2: Yeah, yeah. There, there's pretty much. You know, I haven't been up north of the border, up into Canada or anything like that, but. Anytime, you know, we'll. I mean, we're kind of getting into it, but when it comes to the fanatic bibs, I mean, there's only been there's less than a handful of times I've actually had to bust those out here in Michigan. And but when you do, you don't you don't walk in them. Like you pack those in. So usually it's just a base. Like my go to would just be a base layer in those. But I don't want to walk in just the base layer through. The thick and nasty so that's when i'll add in the equinox the equinox isn't really going to do much for you you know what i mean yeah other than yep. just kind of protect your legs walking in and then you can throw those on and i would mm-hmm. i would actually probably as much as i hate going up the tree twice i would hang my whole setup before i even put the fanatic bibs on because they're yep. they're a lot but i tell you what they're toast i mean like you you get all you get all set up and you have all that gear that good fanatic stuff on you just kind of get locked in your hands in the kangaroo pocket man and it's it's you're you're probably the most still then than you'll ever be all season <laughs> honestly oddly like i
1: you know here we are end of april or you know basically yeah end of april yeah i am so looking forward to that day right now yeah early november <laughs> cold mornings all day sits like i am like give it to me right now i
2: want mm-hmm. it like i'm i'm just ready for it yeah yeah that uh e- even with the that fanatic um hoodie at having that kangaroo pocket dude is oh, just. i game mean changer and i, get I don't like it. using
1: game changer but ah, it is nice <laughs> it is so
2: nice and i get it like when the jacket's unzipped it is odd there's no doubt about it it's there's it's it it sits on you out and everything but when that thing zipped up you know and it's got that nice collar and you put that you put your hands in that kangaroo pocket especially like you know you don't like gloves at all i like fingerless gloves but like hey i'm a if if the that that hand warmer company that you know you, you open them up and shake and they warm up if they want to like like you know partner with the the podcast i'm open to it i don't doesn't matter to me what aaron says i'm open to it <laughs> like, I you like you, you throw a couple of those in the kangaroo pocket like oh i made it that's money yep. that's that's money yep yep couldn't agree more and and
1: so let's roll into late season real quick here and honestly this is like basically december one till middle of january you know, Ohio's like the only state that really goes into February, um, or do they go even into March? Ohio? I don't. I can't. No, they don't. No, they don't go into March. What am I first thinking? first yeah. like
2: Saturday or Sunday in February?
1: Yeah, February. So like, usually I've I haven't done a lot of late season hunting in the last couple of years, but I used to do quite a bit in Missouri, and they usually end around January fifteenth. So, um, my my whole th- this this late season layering. There's not a lot to mine outer layer, the fanatic jacket, um the fanatic bibs, and the fanatic hoodie. Like that's my late season like o- outer layer. Uh the um, base layers are the Sica Merino heavyweight bottom and top again. The boots lace-up boots. I use the Lacrosse Windrows, the 100 or the 1000 grams. I love those boots. Comfortable mm-hmm. and they're warm. Yep. They're really warm. Socks, still on the merino, uh, extra MT jaggeds from the the Mindles. I love those socks. Um, and I will, if I need knee highs, I will roll the uninsulated Alpha Burley still. I, I don't, you know, late season, I'm probably more than likely hunting with a gun. Yep. Um, if not a gun, like I'm hunting in a box blind maybe. I don't do a ton of late season hunting. Uh, and if that's the case, like a lot of those late season hunts, you're usually hunting food sources and they're usually like the last hour of daylight. So you're really not, a lot of times you're not long sits. Um, but that, that's basically my late season layering. It's not, not a, not, not really anything to it.
2: Yeah. I, I think it's almost safe to say that both, you know, I'm going to speak about mine here in a minute, but both of our late season gear setups, like they, they will get us through late season, but they're more or less. For those like, oh hey, this is a little bit colder rut than what we expected, kind of thing. Because yes. I'll be honest, the Fanatic jacket it's came out in early November before for me. It has, you know, like I being comfortable is is very important to me. You know, like if I'm gonna be out there, I want to be out there as long as I possibly can be. You know, I'm, I we're on limited days, right? So, um, so here's my late season get up: uh, Fanatic bib sick of fanatic bibs sick of fanatic jacket um i do go i switch to a heavy the heavyweight merino wool top and a heavyweight merino wool bottom and the heavyweight uh merino wool is like 400 grams so it's 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 pretty good size now when you get a heavyweight set of merino wool it, it doesn't seem like heavyweight right it doesn't it doesn't no, it feel it doesn't. Doesn't, doesn't look like it but until you until you try it it's it's hard to understand and also what's hard to understand is the price of it because this marina wool is not is it's not cheap at all but it's to me it's been well worth it that's i've really as soon as i got my hands on the first set of marina wool ever i switched all my base layers over to it um now one thing that i i do do different in the late season and this is just a personal preference once i have kind of that big fanatic jacket on I don't like a hood underneath of it, so I I, I dish the fanatic hoodie, and then I will run a. It's old too. Gosh, it's it's got to be eight ten years old. I look, tried to find the name, but I couldn't. But Cabela's made it, and it's like it almost looks like a military like olive or military like green, and it's just a it's a fleece top, and I, I have a top and a bottom, but I don't usually ever wear the bottoms. But it's just it's just a fleece like it's an insulation layer basically. Okay, yep. and I I've had it forever. It doesn't, and the only reason I, I usually run that instead of the, the Fanatic hoodie is because that I don't want I don't have the hood because that the Fanatic jacket's a lot. I don't want all this stuff bunched up because along with that, I'm, I'm going to run the Marina wool heavyweight uh neck gaiter, which the, the cool thing about like we've talked about neck gaiters on here quite a bit. You can get each weight in a neck gaiter also. And you can you can also get different lengths, you know, so you can get a neck gaiter that literally only covers your neck. But I like the neck gaiters that like you can pull all the way up over your nose if you wanted to, you know, and mm-hmm. keeping, keeping the wind, keeping that freaking wind off your neck, it, you know, come November and December, like that, that's a big thing Like that it's any key. any part of your body that's getting cut by that wind, man, you'll be sitting there thinking about it. And that's not what you want to be thinking about. Um, I'll still run the minus 33, uh, Marina wool, uh, fingerless gloves, but you know, like we talked about, we're putting them in that kangaroo pocket and hopefully by then everything's froze. So then I'm done with knee high boots, and then I'll just be running the lacrosse atlas uh 1200 gram boots and I think that those are probably really similar to the ones that you just spoke about maybe just a little bit different version but I've had those for a couple years now I think they came out with them probably three four or five years ago and they've held up they've held up really well now they're they're not something you want to go scouting all day in but they're they're great to hunt in but yeah no hand muff for me because i i don't need it not with the the kangaroo pocket already on the jacket um that's pretty much my late season i guess slash a really cold rut day hunting setup (laughs) love it man i'm back again
1: with some codes to help you save on some great outdoor products if you're looking for a new bow, go try out the new revx from prime at g5prime.com. And if you're looking for a new custom string to go with a new bow or an existing bow, go to americasbestbowstrings.com and use the code THEFALL to save some money. Lastly, but certainly not least, I know you're probably looking for some arrows, so go to methodarchery.com, check out their custom arrows, use their arrow builder, build out your arrows, and use the code FALL10 to save on your next purchase. It is spring, and I'm going to be doing some turkey hunting in a Buck Bourbon Rackhouse 300-plus ground blind. They have the patented one-way mesh window so the critters can't see you while you're doing your backstrap ballet just before you go to full draw. They also offer the saloon-style spring door for added room while trying to enter and exit the blind. Everyone's done in a time or two. Your pack gets hung up on the top of the door, or the zipper alerts a roosted gobbler in the tree above. No more of that. Buck Bourbon has made the door bigger and eliminated the zipper. So let Buck Bourbon help you in the aid of getting your next trophy. Check them out at buckbourbon.com and use the code TFP20 to save on your next purchase. Yeah, and I want to reiterate, guys, like we are not affiliated with any of these companies. Everybody might be like, oh, big Sitka guys. Well, I'm not going to lie to you. It is expensive as shit, but it is very very comfortable very warm very efficient and it and it works for us and it's durable like mm-hmm. we haven't had any issues with the stuff you know um if you can get over the price tag which is, it is hard i mean there's options out there that do the same thing for cheaper there are you know it's yep. all personal preference so yep and there's not one thing on here that we're partnered with this is literally systems
2: we've built like i said over the last decade that we just they're tried and true man that's what they are Yep. Yep. And in every piece may not be for someone like I, I have on here, I own a fanatic vest. I've, I wore it one time and I just didn't, I didn't like the way the cut was on me. You know what I mean? Like that, mm-hmm. that's a high end piece of gear. A lot of people love it. It just wasn't my flavor. It just didn't, I didn't like the way it fit. It didn't fit into my system, you know, but you know, in, do you need all this expensive gear to the hunt whitetails? No, not necessarily. But for me building this system over the years if is i don't get a lot of days to hunt so when i do get to hunt i want the best gear that will keep me out there now is sure. it does is some of the stuff my favorite say camouflage pattern no but i think this is extremely high functioning gear like this is technical gear in my opinion and if it's going to keep me out there longer if it's going to keep me out there you know another day where you know we're going to kansas and it's day nine and ten and all of a sudden like if it's cold out there and you're you got shit gear and that's all you're thinking about is like i'm gonna freaking freeze again i'm so tired of this stuff your mind's not in the game it's not good not good Mm -hmm. you know but the one thing the one thing that it's it's funny listening to our conversation today aaron is with this better gear and I think you and I both can remember these days that when, uh, when we were kids, t- you know, this, all these sweatshirts on and I can remember having like these huge coveralls, but then like thousands of pieces of clothing underneath where it's like, now I look, I'm like, I I wear is a, a base layer and then an outer layer. And it's like, but the gear's gotten so good. You know what I mean? Yep. Where it's like having, you know, the, the layer right next to your skin being very important and then the outer layer really having something good that's windproof to me is that will uh that will cut down on a lot of gear you're having to carry in or wear out there
1: yep windproof is key man is definitely key for me because that is one thing like it might not be that cold like temperature wise but the feel temperature when you get a when you get a stiffy wind and mm-hmm. it cuts through you that's when i become a little baby Yep. That the wind, you gotta control the wind. And my neck is my thermometer or mm-hmm. you know, my thermo- my thermostat basically. I've gotta regulate my neck. If my neck is good, I'm good. And like you said about the neck gator, I like the longer ones because they're my face mask too. Like I roll yep. a face mask above usually around my nose or above my nose, like the whole set. Yeah, uh, you know that's how I cut down on it. So.
2: Yeah, and you know, yep. I I know a lot of companies are making those real. They're real nice and soft. Those real big, thick neck gaiters. Hell, I have one sent back here in my hunt room. I have on the Sika ones. I wore it one time hunting, and I was like, it just felt like too much around my neck. Yep. Yeah. I was like, I felt like someone's choking me out. I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't wear that. And that's when I found a lot of the the merino ones, where it's like, hey, this thing's doing just as good, and it's a way. Smaller like profile. I have a uh, a Buff brand one, like a you
1: know the Buff or whatnot, and it's a lightweight one. I've worn that in cold, cold November mornings and stuff like that, and it does just fine. Like it's Mm. not gonna, it just cuts anything to cut down on the wind. You're gonna be just fine. Like I agree with you. You don't need anything that looks like you got you know popcorn coming out of your inner shirt you know what i mean like just yeah. rolling. like you don't need that shit like just mm-hmm. get something pr- low profile don't like reduce the bulk and you know i still know guys that that wear three hoodies or two hoodies with a jacket on and i'm like man and a cotton layer next to your skin it's like gosh like yeah dude yep. you 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 literally spend a little bit of money and it like it doesn't have to be sick of black ovus makes a lot of the same shit good stuff that's you know, you go on Camel Fire and you can find that stuff pretty, pretty cheap, you know? Yep. Yep. It's just, just, you know, if there's anything, if, if anybody has a question of like, where do I improve this year? If you are a guy that like this, your layering system is not on point, improve that before you improve anything else, because what's going to kill you more deer is being in the tree more. So anything that keep you out there longer, improve on that more before you might, you might need to upgrade your bow or your arrows or whatever. You have stuff that's gonna work for that, I'm gonna guess. Improve those layering systems first and get those dialed before you do
2: anything. Yeah, yeah, great point. I mean, hell, you know, I'm like these marina wool, like I, like I said, we're talking lightweight, midweight, heavyweight. I don't buy that stuff during hunting season. You know, last week I just had an, another set of gloves and another gator show up. You know, I mean, that's extra because like yep. I know that's so important to me. You know, when we, we go out to Kansas, say, for 10 days, I don't want to roll out there with one gator and one pair of gloves. I got to have extra, but I'm buying it now. A little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit then, a little bit later. Like, it's easier to justify it a little bit in the off season, And, like you said, you can find some deals on it. You know, and it, it doesn't have to be – the biggest name brand merino wool either. I don't buy the most expensive merino wool. You, I've bought merino wool right off of Amazon before. Like I, I use it for work. Hell, I'm yep. out scouting January and February. Guess what? I'm wearing the same merino wool that I wear for hunting. It keeps mm-hmm. it even for scouting. You know what I mean? Like it's allowing me to. How many times are guys? Said, oh, it's too cold to go scouting. Well, if you got the right stuff, you can get out there. Get your ass out there. Yep. Good point, man.
1: All good points. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode, and hopefully you're not getting uh, sick of us doing these Friday episodes that are just like breaking down our stuff. We get a lot of questions with this stuff, that's why. And I think these are these are good things to to break down, you know, on these episodes. But uh, not sure what we'll break down next Friday, but we'll we'll have something for you. We got, I mean, we could do packs, we could do, um, I don't know, our our gear, like our, you know, our what we're taking to the woods, sticks, saddles, you know, hunting methods, stuff like that. We can, we can, we'll get into it, but we get a lot of those questions and it's just, you know, rather than responding to a whole bunch of DMs, let's just do it on here and people can listen to it. So,
2: yeah. Yeah. It was good. If anyone's listening, and if you have any questions for Aaron about any of his gear, or any questions about my gear, reach out to us. Just ask. You know, like most of the time, yep. it's so easy to you know ask a question and send a guy a link. Hey, this is exactly what I use. You know, so yeah, good stuff.
1: Yep, for sure. So we're gonna we're gonna cut this one loose, guys. Uh, thank you guys for all the support and all the downloads. Go to iTunes, leave a five star rating, leave a written review. Uh, We need those. We need them for the rankings. Go to fallpodcast.com. Check out everything there. The store is coming. Like I said, Um, we can buy some merch here soon. And uh, yeah, just leave a written review. And and also go and check out all the partners that support us because, you know, we support them and and we love everything they're doing and and they believe in us and and, uh, they make great products. So thank you guys very much. We'll be right here next time on the Fall Podcast
2: in wild country rules were not
0: created by man don't miss wild country wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m eastern presented by primos speak the language waypoint tv the
1: destination for outdoor entertainment you're listening to the waypoint podcast network brought to you in part by hunt stand the number one hunting and land management app